Good morning. Oh, wait, I did that last week, didn't I? Good morning. One of these days I'll remember, and then we'll get tired of it being that way, and I'll have to go back to monotone. No, I'm kidding. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. That's right. God could not have given us a better weather day today. Could he? I know the men's group met outside this morning. It's so nice out there. And I'll tell you what, what a difference from Friday. And, and I think, by the way, I'll, I'll mention this. I know, I know we're online and, uh, Nigeria, I'm sorry, but it's probably hotter there. But I, I, uh, I will mention this, even though this, this just really has to do with us here. We did get contracted for the AC to get put in tomorrow. <laughs> so I think it's pretty cool that God gives us an awesome Sunday before we have the AC, right? I mean, it, it's a, it, you wouldn't even need AC in here this morning. It, it's actually really cool. But, uh, but the Lord is good. He is really, really good. And, and I, I want to just say thank you to all the fathers that fulfill that position. Because you can have fathers that don't fulfill that position, and you have fathers that do. I thank you to the men that have and do, because it makes all the difference in the world. Not just to your kids, not just to your family, but to those around you, those who you have influence over. So happy Father's Day. And go eat a steak or something. I don't know. How many are going out like for dinner or for something for Father's Day? Okay. I'll raise my hand to that. It's, it's my excuse to eat. Wait, I get to eat today because it's Father's Day. Forgive me, Lord, for that third dessert, but it's Father's Day. No, I'm kidding. As many of you are, most of you probably by now are aware, the Lord has had me on a, a different path for the last uh, seven or eight years, whatever it's been, and, and about what He prepares and what He wants to do. Oftentimes, in, in fact, I'm going to say 98% of the time, he doesn't really tell me what he wants until that morning, right? And I've shared that, shared that with you. Many times it isn't until worship that he shares with me, even though in the morning I, I spend time with him every day. I am, as we approach the weekend, he probably gets tired of the fact, okay, now he's going to start asking me. You know, we're approaching Sunday, he's going to start asking me. But there are occasions where he doesn't say anything until right at the moment. And this morning's one of those occasions. I've been asking him all morning, Lord, what is it that you want? What is it? And I could think in my mind all the things that I think we need. But what I think doesn't do you any good doesn't do me any good. It's only what He has 
for us that does any good. So let's go to him in prayer. Father, we worship you and we praise you. And we thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace, your mercy. God, we thank you for your righteousness. We thank you for your holiness. We thank you that that righteousness and holiness goes hand in hand and produces your justice. For you have said, I will not be mocked. Oh, Lord, we cling to you because we trust you. We cling to you because we desperately want to know you deeper and deeper and deeper. There's no end to that depth. There's no end to our searching. You leave it open-ended. Because there is no ceiling to the relationship that you offer to us with you. Through your Son, Jesus. Through your precious Son, Jesus. In whom we have life in whom we have love, in whom we have victory. Victory even when it looks like defeat. Lord, you will not be mocked. Your righteousness will permeate the darkness. And it will bring light to that which is a lie. It will bring light to that which is deceitful. It will bring light to your plan. Father, we just give you our yes this morning. I give you my yes. Take my mouth. Do with it what you will. I ask that what you speak is you and not me. For I want to receive as well. We all want to be on the receiving end of your instruction. Of your encouragement. Of your love. I thank you, Lord, that you told me years ago that you will always, always fill my mouth and that I am to trust that. Well, God, I proclaim that I trust you because I desire none of me and all of you. Speak with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. What he lays on my heart in this turmoil that we're in, which, by the way, 
I don't know if you saw this morning, but Delaware stepped up in its greatness to, I think now it's been approved in the House and the Senate, to ban and destroy all U.S. weaponry. Oh, no, it didn't quite go that far, right? Okay, just all of the consumers. <laughs> assault. It, it, it said something like banning all assault weapons, and I thought, okay, you know, what's an assault weapon? So I pulled up the actual bill, and it's page after page after page of these guns. And, and most of them, i got to be honest with you, most of them I didn't even recognize and because and so, I kept looking, do I have any of these? Do I have any of these? And, and But the thing that you need to understand is God is still in control of this. Don't be surprised of what Delaware did that was announced this morning because it's coming on a federal scale. It's coming on a federal scale... And not because it's good, not because it's warranted, because typically of this government, typically of people in power now is what they do is go and serve the symptom instead of fixing the problem or addressing the problem. Many have said this. If you don't have a person and you have a gun laying there on the floor... What evil is that gun going to do? Nothing. If I pick up that chair and I start beating Isaac in the head with it, what does it do? Well, it's going to hurt his head. I mean, maybe not a lot, but he has some padding there. See, it's not the weapon. It's the heart. It's the heart behind it. It's the heart behind what is going on in this country. And God has brought it to a place. Literally, He has allowed it to come to a place to be seen. Right? Darkness that is shined, that light is shined on it becomes transparent, becomes seen. That is the only way that it can be fixed. When it's seen, when it's shown, some of the ridiculousness that we see now, don't be surprised. And, and guys, this is hopeful. This is, this is joyous that these things are happening. Right? There are federal laws coming that are going to lock things down like we haven't experienced yet, even two years ago with COVID. There are federal things coming that will come across the entire United States. Not just Delaware, which wants to be some poster child for Biden, which that's actually kind of funny to me. Everybody else in the Democratic Party is running away from Joe Biden except Delaware. I don't get that. I mean, if, if... If any of you are going to join a bandwagon, join that one. Let's push away from that, Delaware. But recognize what's coming in the United States is what God is allowing. And not only what He's allowing, but what He is moving forward in His will for. Recognize that. 
It's not for the purpose of these things being done. It's for the purpose of them being shown and hearts to be shown. Because I'll tell you what, if you, if you listen to any of the prophets at all, then you recognize that there's going to be things coming out that will shock us as a people. Even those who have been in tuned and, and know what's going on and everything else, I think the details are going to shock us. Because it's going to be like, how can people do that? How can people be like that to other people? But guys, don't be dismayed by this, but be encouraged. This is the forward rumbling of His justice. This has to come about because it has to be made transparent first. God won't just come and say, okay, it's fixed. Because everything that the enemy has done and is doing has to be made transparent. Because that is the accountability. That is the accountability when it's made transparent. When it is shown. And that's when His people will act. It's coming. You know, in fact, turn to Ephesians. I, I think it's chapter 4. No, it's chapter 5. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to start at verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the, diso- the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time, you were darkness. Notice it doesn't say in darkness. You were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And I love verse 10. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Don't take on yourselves what you think that He wants. That's why He gave us relationship. That's why He speaks to us. That's why He opened up that opportunity for Him, for us to go to Him and ask. Because He wants us to be discerning. He wants us to grow in that discernment. To understand not just the surface understanding of His Word, but the depths, as Paul talks about, the depths of His Word. Peeling back the layers of understanding that can only be done through relationship with Him. Can only be done in the filling of the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit was sent. Why do you think He's called the Comforter? He's called the Comforter because God's words comfort us. Boy, how can we be comforted in a day like this? You can't be unless you know the Lord. You can't be. In a time like this, it feels like everything is caving in. Everything is coming to a suffocating place. Hmm. 
If you don't have the Lord, I, I don't even know where you turn. But even having the Lord is not the difference. The difference is that relationship with the Lord. The difference is knowing his voice, leaning into his voice. But, ooh, there's a tough one after that. Obeying his voice. How often do we go before the Lord, we talk to Him, we hear His voice, and, okay, you know, I'm going to need a second opinion on that one. But yet we know His voice. It proves out in the Word of God. What He's saying here is be discerning. Be discerning of these times. Be discerning of those who will try to deceive you. Hey, you know what? with all this going on in the world, just wear this mask. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Just wear the mask, you know, because it, it'll help. It, it, it may not help everything, but it'll, it'll at least help. And, and then you're at least kind of conforming with everybody else. And if we all do it, then, then there's this modicum of crap. That's all it is. That's all it is. Be discerning people. Be discerning folks. Be discerning before the Lord, not just that you don't like masks, not just that you don't like this or don't like that or whatever. Be discerning of God's word, because that is what's going to make the difference today. That's what's going to make the difference in your life, to be discerning of what God is saying. Don't just live your life thinking, I'll walk forward because this has always worked for me in the past. That's a very dangerous place to be when God turns the world upside down. And that's what he's doing. Things are different now. If you haven't figured that out as a child of God, then you're really hiding in a closet somewhere, some dark hole that you don't see what's going on. Things are changing. They have changed. They've been changing. And guess what? They're supposed to change. Just because we weren't aware of all the evil in the world, except kind of we hear these conspiracy theories, right? And that's what I used to say. Ah, Those are conspiracy theories. They don't really affect me. I know God will take care of them someday. Little did I know that he was going to choose all of us as a tool to bring that about. It's like, oh man, I should have come out of hiding a long time ago. A long time ago, because what he wants to do is use his children to bring that light to everything that has been hidden. It doesn't mean that things have been okay the last 50, 100, 200, 500 years. They've just been hidden. What God is bringing across now is a shining of that light. And I'll tell you what, he starts in the church first. Phew, that is a tough word. But what have you, I mean, think about it. Think about the church situation that you were in three years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Right? Think of how it was versus how it is now. Even look at the church as a whole, how it was even five years ago. Even that pre-COVID thing. And how the church is now. Do you know most of the church? And I'm talking about those who know Christ as Savior. 
I'm talking about the children of God church, the bride. Most have reacted in fear. Most have reacted in not understanding what God is doing. But yet he says here, be discerning. Why would he want us to be discerning if we can't possibly know what he's doing? No. He wants us to know what he's doing. Because God does not do anything that he does not use his children to facilitate. Think about it. Every time in history... In the Bible, every time God did something, every time there was a move of God, He used His children to do it. Oftentimes, just one person. But even before that, see, He wants to use us now for that same thing. He wants to use His bride right now, those who would say yes. Those who would believe and be discerning of the times, discerning of what God is saying, and just say yes. Oh, you're going to see people that were so quiet and reserved and nobody knew their voice, nobody knew that they were around, nobody nobody knew anything. You're going to start to see these people pop up like fire plugs for God. Like having a voice all of a sudden, it's like, where where'd that person come from? Where'd that come from? They have no education. They have no this. They have no experience. They're not political. Praise God. Right? They have no credentials in any way. What makes them different? Wow, it's because I see the Holy Spirit on them. It's because they're not the ones speaking. They have discerned what God is speaking and they have pressed into Him and He is working through them. Oh, that's what He wants. That's what He is at work with here in Ignition. That's what He's doing here. That's what He's doing over in Nigeria. That's what He's doing all across the world with His remnant. Because they're pressing into Him. They're discerning What is pleasing to the Lord. Verse 11. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. See, it doesn't say here, shy away from everything that's going on around you that's wrong. No, see, that would be way too easy. God's not saying that. God's not saying, okay, you know what? Delaware is getting a little rough. Why don't you go to, let's see, Wyoming. Maybe, maybe South Dakota, you know, that's still okay. Florida still looks pretty good. I mean, you may not want to be there in the summer. But why don't you just go there? Because it's just getting too rough here in Delaware. The, the hierarchy of management, if you will, they're, they're just becoming more and more stupid. Right? So, so why don't you just run away? Why don't you just go to a place that's much safer? God's not saying that. He's saying, rise up and expose it. Rise up and expose it. Now, I, I don't know, if you're like me, okay, you, you think all this time, and I've known that, that Delaware is a democratic state, I, I've known that it's a liberal state and, and all of that, and my feeling's been, you know, I, I am not even close to being the majority here. Right. And, and certainly, I mean, that's not even just conservative, 
But in the views of the Holy Spirit working, I'm even more of a minority. By the way, where are my rights as a, as a minority? As a Christian who believes God is working and wants to infiltrate his creation, I mean, do we get, like, minority status for that? We should. But no, God said, I want you to expose it. That's what he just said. We just read it. Verse 11 says, take no part in the unfruitful work of darkness, but instead expose it. Expose it. Now, the beauty of of this whole situation that we're in, it doesn't take a lot of exposing. It really doesn't. Because when you live a God-honoring life and you have relationship with Him and and the Holy Spirit permeates your life, you have this light that just comes out of you. So when you are near those things, guess what happens? They become exposed. They become exposed. It isn't that you have to draw up a three-point plan on how to expose them. God already has the plan. He already has all that together. He just needs us to live that life sold out for Him. And not hide. Don't, don't put your light under a bushel like the Word says. You leave it exposed. You leave it exposed because it shines on that darkness. Verse 12. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper. Arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. He wants the church to wake up. He wants the bride to wake up. To stop thinking that we just live this life like we always have. Like we've always moved, lived, breathed. No, he's saying, wake up. Wake up and recognize what I am doing right now. Wake up and recognize the light that you're supposed to be in this nation. You don't have to do it, but you have to let Him do it through you. Nobody, nobody can choose to just be sidelined and it not affect you. We are in a day and age where that does not fly. The cold will be cold. He wants us hot, but the lukewarm will be spit out. Because he can't use the lukewarm. Now, what does that mean? I, none of us are a judge of who the lukewarm is. And, and please don't even begin trying to do that process. God is the only one who knows the heart. He is the one who knows the heart. And he knows those who, whose Christianity, which by the way in Revelation 3, it's talking to Christians, talking to those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. He's not even referring to the world. He's saying, within my bride, I have hot, cold, and lukewarm. The cold, they've made their choice. Even though they're saved, they don't lose their salvation. But they've made their choice. The hot, they have also made their choice. But he's saying to the lukewarm now, make your choice. Or I'll make it for you. 
Because it's time for these things to be exposed. We're going to see this through the rest of the year. What God brings about over the next, what are, what are we at, six, almost six months? We're almost halfway through, right? So what he brings into play over the next six months literally will make you feel like the world has changed. More so than it feels already. I mean, it feels that way to many of us already, right? But multiply that times 10 to the 10th power is what it's going to be between now and the end of the year. If you don't see that ramping up, then you're blind. Awake, O sleeper. Awake. Listen to what the Lord is saying. Listen to what He is showing. Because all these things that He has told us are going to happen, are going to happen. I remember, I mean, it was maybe six months before. What, what year did COVID come? Was it 2019? No, no, but it, it actually hit like November or whatever of, okay, yeah. I think it was six months before that, that the Lord, or it might have been even before that, the Lord had, had said, had told us things that are coming. He had told us that, Civil war is coming. I remember standing in front of hundreds and hundreds of people in Nigeria with the governor down there, with other state dignitaries down there. And this was, I think, midway through 20... I can't remember. 2019 or 2020, I can't remember. But, But I remember the Lord speaking through me that civil war was coming, and I'm telling all these hundreds of people that, and they're just looking at me blank. Because things weren't so bad back then. They weren't quite so exposed. Now, technically in Nigeria, they've been on the brink of civil war for a long time. But I was talking about civil war here in the United States. That's what the Lord told me. He said, there is civil war coming, it will be short-lived. And then there's world war coming. A couple of years ago, that would have been a very difficult word to believe, even though we believe it by faith. Now, not so difficult to believe, is it? In fact, we see it starting. We see it coming. Wait until the Roe v. Wade gets overturned, which it will, and very soon. Wait till you see the reaction, and I'm not talking about the reaction of the liberals, the reaction of the left. Wait until you see the reaction of Satan, of his armies that no longer receive that worship of sacrifice. I mean, wait till you see that. I mean, we can look at it now and think, yeah, I I could definitely see civil war coming. I was talking with, uh, with a state dignitary just a few days ago over in Nigeria about that, and I was reminding him, do you remember what the Lord said a few years ago? Well, guess what? It's happening here now. It's happening. Abortion is about to be overturned. And Satan is already trying to set it up to be able to play a game of control. What do you think this whole gun thing is about? America is, you know what makes America strong? It's not just our military. Because 
military can be swayed if the leadership is swayed because they follow orders, right? But guess what can't be swayed? The 300 and whatever million people that have, I think, what do we have? 320 million people that have access to weapons because of the Second Amendment. I'll tell you what, that's what scares China, not our military. I mean, and not that our military doesn't. Our military would be a deterrent if they were on the same page. More than anyone, any, any military in the world. But what scares them is the people. They know that it would not just be a fight with our military, but to try and take this ground, it would be a fight with the people. I mean, think about that. But yet, that's what we're seeing set up. That's coming. That's coming this year. That's coming. Man, it's just, you see it coming. I I just love to hear what the Lord is doing because this is not the work of the left. This is not the work of liberals. This is not even the work of Satan. This is the work of God bringing light to the things that have been in darkness for so long. And he will do it. He will do it. I want you to turn just a couple of pages over, or if, if you're like me, just a little bit down. Go to Ephesians 6. We not only have a calling in this time to be discerning, ask the Lord for discernment, and to shine our light... But we have a calling to fight. We have a calling to recognize the battlefield. And I'm speaking in the spirit. I'm speaking of the spirits that are behind all of the things that are being exposed. If that makes sense. Everybody with me on that? When I say a a, a spiritual battlefield. He has called us all to that. But he has said... When you go on that battlefield, you have to be equipped. It says, put on the whole armor of God. Let's, let's read this here. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. By the way, that is the intent. Okay? If you want to be strong in the Lord, then you have to have this armor. You can't rely on the strength of your justification of sin, your salvation. That, it's not a piece of paper, but you know what I mean when I say that golden ticket, that piece of paper that says you get to be in heaven for eternity. That's not what your salvation is. That's your invitation, and that's your acceptance letter. But that's not your relationship. He's saying here, if you want to be strong in the Lord, it's got to be beyond that, well beyond that. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, now by the way, let me back up a second. Understand the schemes or strategies there. 
is, is what that word means. The strategies of the enemy are going on all around us. These things are not the strategies of God. It is the straight, even though God is driving this, He is driving the exposure of the strategies of the enemy. He has had strategies for millennia. For millennia. Literally. Strategies to steal, kill, and destroy every single one of you. Every single one of us. Those are his strategies. He's put them into place. They've been very effective in many, many ways for many, many people. And what God is doing here is he's saying, you have to be strong in the Lord that you may be able to stand against this. Why? I'm not really exposed to that. I'm not in a way of that. You know, if, if, if I live in a rural area and I know ten people in my life and I don't see anybody, you know, what does that matter? I, I don't need, you know, I know those ten people. They, they all know the Lord. I, I live in this close-knit community, so I'm, I'm not as exposed, so I'm, I'm safer. Man, you're missing the whole point of the Scripture. God's saying, I want you on the battlefield. If all you know is ten people, go meet people. If you're not exposed in ways that you can be a light and be effective, go and be exposed to more people. I need you on the battlefield. And I need you on the battlefield to understand that you have to be strengthened against the schemes or the strategies of the devil. Verse 12, then, then he goes in to explain why. Because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But instead, here's who we wrestle against. We wrestle against rulers. All of these are in the Spirit. All of these are hierarchies in the Spirit. All the way from principalities, and there are different levels of those, which are the fallen angels, down to demonic spirits that are spirits that, you know, maybe these tiny little voices all the way up to to demonic spirits that literally control land. You have all these levels of authority on the other side. All the way down to the human element, which is those humans that have agreed with it. Don't think that Christians have the only power. They just have the greater power. By far greater power in the Lord Jesus Christ. But there are humans that have agreed with the enemy and are infused with a power that they use, a power of manipulation, a power that they have used to literally gain control of so many things in this world. And God's saying, I need you on the battlefield to go after these things, to recognize the strategy of the devil, because we go after all of his people that are in the Spirit, because they direct the humans. Right? They direct the humans that have, have either been manipulated by Him or have given Him their yes. Just like we give God our yes. So He's saying, don't be deceived in this. And, and he, he, all of these that are listed are just different levels of of this group that we're fighting against. Okay, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. 
Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. By the way, unless you're confused, we're in the evil day. Okay, this applies to right now. This applies. And having done all to stand firm, guess what? He said stand. Having done all to stand firm, then stand. Once I have taught you how to fight on the battlefield, guess what? Get up on the battlefield, stand, take your sword, and fight. Why? Because there are very few that do. And by the way, God doesn't need a big army. Look in all the history of the Word of God. He never used a big army to literally drive... Pharaoh, to make Israel finally leave Egypt, it was just one. One angel. One angel that did it. By the way, to bring him to that point, he used just one. Started with Moses. Now you could argue that it was one and a half because Aaron had to talk for him. But that's all he used. That's all he used. What he wants to use today is the remnant of people that will say yes to him, will recognize the battlefield, will step up on the battlefield and not be afraid because they know the strategies of the evil one. Do you know part of that strategy is to know that he does not have strength over you unless you give it to him? He has none. He has none. I have seen, I've shared this with you guys before, but I have seen it myself in the physical. I've seen his face terrified by who Jesus Christ is. Terrified. The only control he has over your life is what you give him. What you give him through agreement with sin. What you give him in agreement with unbelief. But you give him an agreement with fear? Oh, guys, that's one of the biggest ones. He has crept in the church because of fear. It's like one of those, just get the door open enough to get a foot in. That's what fear is. In in the world of drug use, it's kind of like marijuana. (laughs) Right? It's an entry drug. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't hurt you. I mean, in, in fact, it's medicine. You know, just take it as medicine. It's okay to be medicine. No, it's a it's an entry drug. That's all it is. It's Satan's way of gaining access that then he could start to pry. That's what fear does. Recognize that fear is not a reaction that you have. The Bible says fear is a spirit. So it is an external thing trying to get in. And often, I mean, you, it, it'd be really interesting study to pull up all the times in the Word of God where God said, do not be afraid. Because I'm sure there are dozens upon dozens of times that he says, do not be afraid. Don't open the door even a little bit. Don't open the door and give him even a little bit. Don't let fear knock you off the battlefield. Because that's what it's done to so many in the church. So many in the church that have turned and hide just to hide 
Wait till this whole thing blows over. Guess what? It's not going to blow over. It's not going to blow over. It doesn't matter if there is even one Christian hot for God. He'll use the one. But he doesn't want to just use one. He will, but he doesn't want to. He has a remnant bride that is hot for him. That is willing to stand on that battlefield. That is willing to even take death. You say, oh, okay, wait a second. Wait a second. I'm supposed to know the strategies of the devil. And and now there's this risk of death if I step onto the battlefield? Yeah, there is. There is. But if that brings in fear in your life, then your mind's in the wrong place. Your paradigm on what life is, is messed up in the first place. Paul said, this life is not my own. This life isn't even what I live for. Right? I would rather be with Christ, but he has kept me here to make a difference. If your eyes are not on eternity, then you're going to struggle with fear in the coming days. If, if your eyes are not on eternity and God working through you, how are you going to fight when they start coming door to door? What are you going to do? Are you just going to hide and conform? Because, see, that's what the world will say. If you conform, then it'll be okay. Are you just going to let certain people in the bride stand up and, well, there's your voice, Lord. Oh, goodness. Church, do you understand if all those who know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior would stand up? Do you know what a difference that would make in the world? Immediately. Immediately. The power of God would fall in such a way that these people that spread these lies and these people that do these things hidden in darkness would be crushed immediately. But the church is so worried about their own little lives. The church is so worried about, you know, I'm paying so much for gas now. I, I can't, you know, go to bowling night on Monday. I don't know. I haven't bowled in years. What what do people do? (laughs) But that's what they're looking at. They're looking at their lives that are being changed in the physical without recognizing that God is trying to change it completely. I mean, seriously. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to step up onto the battlefield hand in hand together and not be afraid. Don't be afraid no matter what. Have you ever had somebody get up in your face and screaming and yelling that they want to kill you? Most people haven't. Have you ever had somebody hold a gun up to your head and say, I'm going to kill you? Most people haven't. But you don't have to be afraid of that. You don't have to be afraid of these things that are coming. Because as Paul said, the worst they could do, the worst, is destroy the flesh. And what is that? That's a gift. That's a gift, Paul said. 
But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tell you that's not even what is overall going to happen. Overall, what God is doing is he's placing you on a battlefield to win. He's placing you on a battlefield to have victory. Why do you think he says, wake up, O sleeper? Because the church has been asleep. Man, if the church would just wake up, what would happen would blow your mind. It would absolutely blow your mind. And, and all these things that we see around us economically and whatever, that would all fall into place, into the place that it's supposed to be when you have the right leadership. Because the Bible says when there are righteous leaders, the people are joyful. And, and not just the Christians. Well, you know, I believe the way they believe, so I'm happy now. No, it's because righteous leadership actually cares for the people that they lead. God is a righteous leader because He loves us so much. He gave His only Son for us. But man, we cannot be afraid. We can't be afraid to take a stand. I'm not going to go into these Pieces of armor, but understand that every single piece represents an activity in your life to stand on that battlefield. I will point out one, and it's the last one. It's the helmet of salvation. I used to think that this was just about that ticket. Well, I got that ticket, so that allows me to put on the rest of the armor. It's not what it is. Because Paul said, work out your salvation. I'm not talking about work out your way to heaven. Let me make that, that very clear online. This isn't about a work salvation. This is about relationship. That's what the helmet of salvation is. As you build relationship with the Lord, as, as you trust Him to teach you how to wield that sword, teach you how to hold up that shield of faith, which, by the way, it's the shield of faith that literally extinguishes the darts of the enemy. Think about that. Think about that. When you step up onto that battlefield, you have to step up on there in, in a, such a place of faith. Knowing that that's where God has you and what He has you doing. Stepping up on that battlefield and believing now, does that mean that we don't get hit? No. I mean, if that's the case, then God's got to apologize to a lot of people in the Word of God. No, it doesn't mean that you don't get hit. It means that you move forward. It means that you conquer. It means that as you move forward and as the bride moves forward, God working through her, it will expose this darkness. Oh man, I, God so rarely gives me timing of things. I mean, I, I know the chaos that's coming in the next six months. What I can't wait for is the vindication. I don't know if that comes in six months. I have a feeling it does, or at least part of it starts. Because in the next three years, it's all over. I mean, think about that. Think about three years ago and how fast that time has flown. In the next three years, and I don't know what month that is, three and a half years from last August, whatever, so we're a little less than three years now. But in that time, in that 
second woe time, God will turn everything around. And the bride will be leading this world. That's a pretty short time when you think about it. That's a pretty short time for everything to be turned upside down from what it is now. Except when you read what we read in Ephesians, I think it was 5 or 4, whatever it was, where it says that all will become transparent. When the light shines on it, it becomes known. It becomes seen. This is going to start to happen over and over, and already is happening over and over and over again. I'm not saying go pay attention to the news, but you're going to see it. You're going to see it. These things are going to be exposed. It's going to start coming every day. Things that are being exposed. Hypocrisy that is being exposed. I I, I was reading something this morning. Um, What's the guy's name? The travel secretary? Buttigieg or something like that. I was reading this morning how he got upset because his flight got canceled, I guess, this morning or yesterday or something like that. I mean, forget the literally thousands of other flights that have been getting canceled every single day for the last uh, four or five days, at least, or probably longer than that. You know, it was, it was funny because this is a guy who gets all of the consideration in the world. When, it, when I flew to Europe last, he was on my flight and which that actually surprised me. I mean, he's, isn't he a secretary of something? Transportation secretary. Don't they get their own planes? I don't know. I was surprised. I was, I mean, I guess if he's secretary of transportation, maybe technically all the planes are his. (laughs) I don't know, because that's what he acted like. And, and that's, that's what he was like. And, and this guy next to me is like, oh, that's Pete Buttigieg. Oh, look at that. Oh, I want his autograph. I just said, why? Why? We're now three hours delayed because they can't get a pilot. And he's the head of all that. Why? Why? So now that it's affecting him, he's upset about it. These These things are being exposed, guys. Everything's being exposed. Faulty leadership is being exposed. Everything will be exposed. But guess what? There has to be a light that exposes it. God is using a light in us to expose it. He's going to expose it, expose it right here in Delaware. He's going to expose it everywhere that it needs to be exposed. And Alex, come on up. Don't be afraid of the battlefield. Don't be afraid of it. In fact, embrace it. Press into the Lord of what He wants you to do on that battlefield because you're a part of it. Come on up. Praise God for that really important reminder. Um, And by the way, just to clarify, in case there was an echo, he didn't say in three years the bride is leaving. He said leading. He's not predicting the rapture. 
Um, that has been a misunderstanding in some online, but that was not what he said. Um, what's interesting is the Lord just kind of been saying over and over again, um, he's bringing us to a place where we can't, you know how we don't really mean to, but in the bride, what's happened is we're kind of, we live in these Christian cliches where we kind of know the word and we kind of, um, we tout the verses and, and, and some, it, it means a lot to them. Like the back of my phone case has Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That means something. I chose that intentionally. Sometimes, though, what happens is we, um, we kind of know that we know that we know these verses. And we tout things like, oh, yes, you know, God gives peace in the storm. And, you know, he's the God of all comfort. And, but the Lord is saying, I want you to know that so deeply, so fundamentally, so transformatively that I'm going to bring these things about to where you're going to know if it's a cliche that you're clinging to or if it's really, really something just fundamentally true. And so the shaking is, is for our benefit. If you've ever been on a difficult detox, it can be painful. Some people get migraines. Some people just feel sick until they feel better. But when they know the process, they know that what comes is the out with the bad and then an opportunity for a clean slate so that you can begin to put something in. It would kind of be um, kind of foolish to go on a detox and after your system is cleansed and, and really just ready for good nutrients, for you to then go and put the same kind of garbage in, going back to the old habits. The Lord's shaking, you know, he offers many different opportunities for detoxes through many adversities, many trials. We've all been through, we could tell stories of things. It is our process and refinement of the faith growth, right? But this shaking is different. This is something that will will be a choose you this day whom you will serve kind of on steroids. Like this is going to be the the force of choice that we have to walk in. And a choice of clinging to him like we've never had to cling to him before. And I think most of us think we're already doing that. I notice how much that, you know, if when you're in the process with the Lord, sometimes your thresholds seem to be far away. Like you go through doors of faith where you grow. Some people call it, use the metaphor of steps. I often think of it as doors. I'm going through this door. I've crossed over into a new way of kingdom thinking and dwelling and living and moving and having my being. And what is behind me is behind me now because I'm now moving in this place. But sometimes the next door is right there. And you're like, wow, I got to go through another door that is going to take me to another process point. And every time I think I've gone through something deep enough to fundamentally change me, the Lord is like, that's so great. I'm here with you. Now we're going to go through the next door. What's behind door number 17,000? <laughs> you know, it just keeps going and going. But it is so, it is so for um, our good. And I don't know what the worship song is that we sang this morning, but it's, I will make room for you. Is that the name of it? I will make room for you. I love that song. And even in worship, you know, there's been a worship movement for quite a while now. How many people worshiping? really and truly live what we're saying. See, God is bringing us into a beautiful but painful place of living in the authentic. 
where we're not just getting our song on and our God on, but are we actually making room for him? Are we actually emptying ourselves and making room? And so that's why this shaking and this such a great reminder this morning of this message is so um, is so important, but don't let it be um, disheartening. And, and I just before we close, I just wanted to give you one verse that when he took us to Ephesians, the Lord took me here right away. And it is Ephesians 4, um, verse 18. They are darkened, and I'm in the ESV, but they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. It's so wild to me that the lack of understanding comes from a hard heart. People that just can't see, can't discern, like he said at the beginning, when they don't know what's going on or they are, they're stuck in ways that are, seem to make sense to them, there is, there is something about our heart that has to be pliable, that has to be yes. Our heart posture has to have that, God, I, I, I will empty myself of everything I have because I trust you. And I really think all of this goes back to just being reminded every day and letting the Lord remind you what the blood of Jesus paid for. You know, you could say that Greg doesn't necessarily give the plan of salvation, but you know what the plan of salvation is? The constant talking about relationship. You cannot be in relationship with God unless you receive him. You have to receive Jesus as your Savior. And in that relationship, when I think about Jesus and what he did, I'm like, man, my heart, how can, I, how can it be hard? I, every communion just wrecks me, whether I do it here corporately or we do it alone or whatever. Whenever the Lord leads me into communion, I'm just so completely overcome because everything of my walk with him begins with the cross. It begins with what his blood paid for. That is... That is the beginning of my acceptance of my identity as I now take steps towards my destiny that he has ordained before the foundations of the earth for me. And so everything goes back to the cross. And I don't ever, and, and as, I, as I have humbled myself daily and not knowing how to sometimes, he humbles me. You know, he allows certain things that just put us on our face before the Lord. Things that we think, oh God, I'm going to do this for you. And then we just stumble and fall on our face, and it didn't turn out to have any fruit. And then the Lord says, yeah, you thought that was good for me, but that wasn't even close to what I was asking you to do. Because if it had been my choice, I wouldn't have ever even listened to the word Nigeria. In fact, as I told you, I told the Lord that was not a place where I'd rather go. It's, It's like, Lord, it seems like I got this church thing down, so I'm willing to do all these great works for you. And this is kind of what interests me. So... I'm just going to pray really hard about it. And Lord, just bless my endeavor. Just bless my wants, my needs, my plan. Just bless it. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's not how it works. And the Lord is is shaking everything in the bride. He's shaking all these plans. He's shaking all the church. And that's why I love the the lines to that. What is that? um, Yes. Shake up the ground of my religion. All of my ways of, of what makes sense to me. And and it's control. It really is control. It's things that I have to have in place, things that I have to do or be involved in or have a sense of so that I feel like me instead of going, Lord, here am I. 
whatever it looks like, whatever you allow me to do, whatever you say, much easier said than done. But that is why this message was given this morning is because he wants us waking out of that stupor, that place of Christian cliches that make us feel good about being where we want to be as a Christian rather than Lord, wherever you send me, even if I don't want to be there, I want to be there because you want me there. Do you know I actually long, this is not me, not me, I long to be back in Nigeria with my brothers and sisters there. I long to be there. I mean, I, that's just such proof of transformation. <laughs> Let me tell you, there was no part of me. The, the first trip, it just, I could feel the pressure of this. I, I felt like I was in a blender of change. Like, Lord, are you sure? You know, are you sure this is, I mean, is this really, there were so, it was just so different. And when we step, he will show you things you desire that you don't even know you desire. He knows what he has placed in you. So if you are only pursuing what you consciously think you're interested in, you're already on the wrong path. Give him, delight thyself, Psalm 37, 4, delight thyself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. The desires of your heart, by the way, are already within you. He knows because he put them there. He will give you the desires, not the desires you're consciously aware of, not your interests and your likes, but he will literally fulfill. There is something that has been so fulfilling and so profound as I am in Nigeria and the love that just completely just broke me in half when I was in under this hut singing Jesus loves me to these children. And I just, it was my first trip and I just thought, I don't know what's happening right now. I, I just love you guys so much. And, and yet I'm so far out of my comfort zone. I, I didn't even, my identity was just completely, it messed with my head. It was beautiful, but that's what God wants to do with each one of us. And, and so heed this word. I hope you'll listen to it again. Um, because when you awaken into that and know who you are, you'll know we are already equipped for the storm. We are equipped. He will bring the boldness, but we are already. All we have to do is just let, our, let the passion of the Holy Spirit ignite within us. And we will know exactly what weapon to wield in this storm. We'll know exactly where to stand, where to go, and what to do as we hear his voice in this storm. And that will be life-changing. So let me pray. Father, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the reminder of this word. God, don't let our hearts get hardened because that will lead to a lack of understanding. And we will be alienated from your life because, and, and it will cause ignorance to be within us, God. And it, it breaks my heart to see some really fundamental ignorance that's among your bride right now because of the hardening of their hearts. These agreements that Greg spoke about today that are, that are so easily agreed with when the pressure comes, the psychological warfare of, well, if you don't do this, you might die of this disease. If you don't do this, this might happen. If you don't do this, we'll, the, your grocery store that you always go to will be emptied out and you'll have no food and you'll starve and you'll die. And all these lies that the enemy wants to speak over our lives. If we don't comply, then we'll die. But Father, I just declare right now in the name of Jesus, we will not comply with the lie 
because it is not of you, God. You are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provision. Thank you, God, for what you what you say that we are, what your blood Jesus paid for. Help us to trust you and to just give our hearts to you. And then you will reveal so much more understanding, so much wisdom and revelation as to what what to do in the storm, how to how to weather it. God, when we are upon living upon you, the rock of our salvation, nothing can move us or shake us. I just worship you and praise you for that. And thank you for the worship songs, Holy Spirit, that you gave the team today to sing. What what precious words we got to sing about just giving you control. And, and Lord, I, I just pray right now, and I pray that people would be praying with me this, this prayer. God, take from us what we are holding on to higher than you, than our desire for you. If there is anything hindering greater closeness with you, God, you are gentle, you are kind, you are loving, but remove it. Father, I pray, God, and I pray that it would not have to be pride out of our hands, but that we would willfully give it, opening our hands to you in worship, in praise, and in relinquishing of ourselves so that you can fully take over as we make room for you. God, I just praise you and thank you for who you are. I declare all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.